And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And our guest today is Lewis Sandler. Lewis lives in Presque Isle, Maine, but he spent almost 30 years in Beijing, China. And uh, so he's got a huge body of work, photography, has done a lot of videos, and uh, even has a podcast, fellow podcaster. So, you know, good good to be talking to someone who's gone through the same thing. But uh, yeah, so Lewis is, uh, uh, he had a gallery showing he's going to talk about, uh, which is a real learning experience, I think, for a lot of people. So, but. Uh, Lewis, uh, welcome. Niao. Hey, Niao, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, like I, one of like five five Mandarin words I, I remember. So <laughs> that's good. Very good. Pronunciation is excellent. Was it? Oh, thanks. It's not much better than mine, but mine's still not very good. <laughs> After 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. I should check with my daughter. Too bad you don't live here. I I get my hair cut at a Chinese barbershop, and most of the people there don't speak English, and I have a real hard time telling them how I want to cut it. You my mean daughter, uh, where 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 are you from? Ohio. Mm-hmm, originally, yeah, from you, from Cleveland, Ohio. Well, I'm from the Appalachian part of Ohio, southern Ohio, but I've lived in Cleveland most of my life. So there's a Chinese barbershop there. No, I I live in Virginia now, Charlottesville, oh. Virginia. Because uh, that brings back memories of free Chinese barbershops on the sidewalk when you're walking down the streets yeah. some cities in China, and they give you a free haircut. Really? Oh, yeah. And uh, if you don't like your hair, they'll just chop it right off like you're in the military. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens to me anyway. <laughs> and I'm pretty game for that, trying almost anything. So. I did try it, and uh, if if you ever do have a video, you'll see I have more hair now, which is not very much, than I did when uh, I got my free haircut in China. <laughs> but yeah. things change in China very fast, especially in the big cities. Yeah. And they had these, uh, um, I remember a, 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 a New York hairstylist Mm-hmm. They came to Beijing. Uh, actually, he was from Hong Kong, and he moved to Beijing. And then he charged like a uh, hundred, if I can remember, around a hundred or a hundred fifty dollars to get a simple man's haircut. Whoa! Yes, in Prescott, I can get one for ten. Do- no, ten dollars with a five dollar tip. That's a bargain. Right yeah, it's a bargain. Unbelievable. A hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> What what kind of a ripoff is that, Bob? In China, I mean, in quite in a, a ripoff. Oh yeah. Yeah, when I was there, it was very inexpensive. I'm sure it's changed a lot. I was there in two thousand and five, so it's been a while. But, yes. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Bob, I I started uh, my film, uh, I should say, my photography career when I was around twelve. 14 years old in my my parents' um, attic in Massachusetts, uh, in uh, Cape Ann, Massachusetts. And that was filmed, 35 millimeter, you know, with the, the chemical trays and the yeah. uh, hand enlarger, like I guess most of your guests. And yeah, and that was, uh, but I had a, I had a, um, a notice on the door and it said D A W N. Now it's not the it's not the washing uh, solution that we yeah. use today. It's called it was uh, do uh, do away with nudies. But <laughs> nudies is not what your audience thinks. It's nothing to do with uh, taking off your clothes. It means yeah. I didn't like uh, young girls. It was only for boys and men to come into my so-called uh, dark room. Really? Why is that? 
No, I just, uh, you know, I couldn't figure out what, who they, who these creatures were. <laughs> no, seriously. So that was my, that was the start of my uh, photography career. Oh, I thought maybe you had a younger sister who came in and turned on the lights when you were <laughs> trying to work. No such, no such thing. I, I only had three brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, you started in the film world, like uh, a lot of people. Yeah. And don't ask me what kind of camera I had, because it was probably a Kodak, but I don't remember. Yeah, probably back then. Back yeah. Then. So tell me, why were you living in China? Okay, so that's a long story, but uh, let's just go from elementary school to uh, high school. I did some photos for the yearbook, and then let's see what's after high school. And then uh, college, I did some photos for the yearbook there. And then after college, oh yeah, I wanted to go to, I wanted to get a, um, what do you call it, a, a master degree in sociology. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and I worked in the prison system. My father was a lawyer. He told me, no, you should become a lawyer. And I resisted for a year or two. But there was a professor there that told me my father was right. There's no career in uh, sociology unless you get a PhD, which mm -hmm. is another five or six years, which I didn't want to do. So I quit that. I went to law school. I didn't do any photography during law school or during my stint as a lawyer in China. And because uh, I focused on law. And then I came back to Massachusetts after my father passed away. And then uh, I did law there for about 10 years. I got bored. I didn't do hardly any photography focusing on law. And then I was a member of a yoga group. The official name I'll, I'll just leave out right now. Okay. And uh, from there, I, uh, after about 10 years, it took me a year or two to quit. And it's not easy to quit a job after 10 or, you know, what sure. 10 years. And uh, I went to India first for three or four months. And I took tons of photos. It's such an extreme place. Uh, I got to tell you just one quick story about India before I get to China. Sure. See, see if you or your audience can guess. I was living in a hostel, uh, like a youth hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one morning I wanted to get out and take more photos about six o'clock in the morning. I couldn't open the door to the youth hostel. It wasn't locked, but I couldn't open it. And the manager at that time, I asked him, why can't I get out? And he said, oh, you have to wait until seven o'clock. Now, can anyone in your audience take a few deep breaths and guess why? I couldn't open the door. Maybe a half an inch I could open it. Okay, so we Shoes could... piled up? Uh, what? Shoes piled up outside the door? <laughs> no, that's oh. a very good intelligent guess. So I'll just tell you quickly. There okay. was a special cow, which is sacred <laughs> in India. He yeah. always slept against the door to get the shade. And he always woke up at 7 a.m., <laughs> and left the area and went his merry way. And then everyone inside could get out. And I saw the cow walking down the street. And uh, that's the reason I couldn't get out. Oh, that's funny. It's very funny to me. And India is such a chaotic but wonderful place to do film. It's much more attractive than China, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. and I mean, in terms of freely um, taking pictures and writing journals and so on. So let's skip that uh, since we focus on China. Uh, I was there about three months, but I had a contract to go to China, to Xi'an, China. Um, <laughs> and it took me a year to get that contract. There's a, a wonderful lady in New York City who helps foreigners like myself. And I'm not a businessman. And um, I didn't have any, you know, I'm not a physician or any special kind of person like that. Um, so uh, she helped me get a contract in Xi'an. Oh, 
I, I, I just remembered. Yeah, Actually, that's... I wanted to go to Japan because yeah. they, they pay more money than in China. China almost paid nothing that time, 1993. Yes, 93, end of 93. So um, I couldn't go to Japan because they didn't... Um, I didn't have a master's degree in teaching, although I did substitute teaching in high school. I mean, teaching English. So most of the foreigners, like myself, got um, got a uh, got a visa to teach English because at mm -hmm. that time they were desperate. China was desperate for good foreigners, and I did have a uh, a, a, a I mean, a JD degree, you know, a lawyer, a law degree. So after a year, they, they accepted me. I went to China and to Xi'an. Now, Xi'an is the famous city for the terracotta warriors. Yeah, which I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Every, every foreigner goes there, like including <laughs> myself. So, um, the, the, and I had a two-year contract at that school. Um, and the, 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 the head teacher there, the, my boss, was a wonderful guy, young guy, just had a baby. We got along fine. However, the city was in chaos. It was 24-7 development. And right outside my uh, nice apartment was a, um, uh, what do you call it, a street crew doing the... Um, <laughs> the, the, the yeah, jackhammers and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 jackhammers, exactly. And, I, and the big lights, you know, those, those construction lights. And I complained and complained. I, I yelled at them in English and in Chinese to shut up, and they just laugh at me. I told my boss, and he says, there's nothing we can do. And after one year, I, I wanted to quit. I couldn't, I couldn't get to sleep. Now, coincidentally, there was this guy from Beijing who was visiting schools outside of Beijing, and he came to my school in, in Xi'an, and I talked to him. And, he, and I told him, I hate Xi'an. <laughs> there's only one foreign restaurant, a McDonald's, and it was lousy food. However, I ate there a lot. Yeah, I guess they're all the same, huh? <laughs> I guess they are. And, uh, and this guy from Beijing was representative of some kind of organization in, in, uh, in, China, in Beijing. So I said, I'm desperate. Get, get me out of here. He took me there on a train, gave me a free ticket. He showed me around some schools in Beijing for free, gave me a free hotel, and I stayed there uh, about a month, maybe three weeks or so. And then I started, uh, I, so I quit the school in, in Xi'an. I moved to Beijing, a, a Beijing, um, far, a Beijing Foreign Cultural University. I think that's the name. And it's in Beijing. And I stayed there. So this is my path of how I started. And I stayed there um, about five years. I love that school. Uh, they treated me very nicely. And uh, however, I was getting old, Bob. You're not there yet. You're too young. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're probably wrong about that, but I'll take it. Well, anyway, you you look young. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you have a nice smile. Oh, thanks. And uh, there was others, other uh, foreign teachers there. I think there were 10 or 12 foreign teachers there. We had different departments. Um, I worked in the adult education department. But all of this time, I was clicking my camera. Um, because even though India is more exciting photography wise, it's very chaotic, uh, to live there, at least for me, more than a few months, I needed more stability. Mm -hmm. China gave me the stability. They gave me a good job. They treated me nicely. Um, I had tons of interesting experiences and I think I had a, Canon. I always shot Canon. I think I had a fifty, a forty D, mm -hmm. or a fifty, and then I moved yeah. on to fifty D, uh, and then I moved on to a Mark three, a Mark two, 
you know, Canon a five D Mark II, yeah, yeah, and then uh, a, a five three, a five D Mark three, and uh, if I can remember, that's my. And now I have a five D Mark four. Mm -hmm. It's heavy. It's like a battle tank. They're big. They're big. Oh, Great boy. camera. Oh, it's heavy. Yeah, heavy. heavy. So anyway, um, I worked at that school for about five or six years. I took tons of photos. Um, and uh, however, oh, I, I remember I worked in the adult education department. So mm -hmm. there weren't children and they were adults. Most of them had bachelor degrees and some had master degrees. So they, most of their English was pretty good. I only taught in English at that time. But Bob, my wanderlust got a hold of me. Mm -hmm. I got bored. And um, although the school treated, treated me nicely, but I got bored. And uh, oh, that was the time uh, of SARS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was around 19, uh, early 90s. And um, uh, the, the, the school closed the campus, I mean, meaning we couldn't get out. Oh. The foreigners, like myself, had to have special permission to get out of the campus. But I'm kind of, don't tell anyone, Bob, but I'm kind of a rebel like that. <laughs> I couldn't take it. I snuck out one day and I got a free, almost a free hotel. Uh, I won't name the name of the hotel. It's okay. one of those big fancy hotels, like about five dollars a night at that time, because there were no, there were no other guests. <clears throat> so it was a wonderful experience. But when I got back, uh, the school got really angry with me. They told me I was Oops. on thin ice, very thin ice. Mm. And then coincidentally, my department, adult education department, uh, merged with. Or, or went out of business or whatever they call it. And my contract uh, expired by phone. I was supposed to move, I was supposed to continue the next, uh, like in September. And they called me up one day and said, we're, we're not gonna renew your contract. Hmm. So uh, in desperate, so I'm in Beijing now in in desperation, I, went to every school I could think of that I knew. And finally, uh, the one that I remained, can I, can I name the name of it? Sure. Okay. It's, uh, uh, I was going to say, um, a a University of Chinese Academy of Science and Technology. Wow. Now it's like a think tank for the government. Yeah. And uh, the students, very, 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 very smart. I was unbelievable. And they uh, and I got along great. I love them. But I also did the PhD department and I love them too. I don't mean romant romantically now, Bob. Yeah, sure. Right. I understand. They, they were dedicated. They were, uh, they were, they had their own mind. Back in uh, the 2000s, they, they, it's not like you thought they were controlled by the government because that was a liberal period mm -hmm. uh, of teaching, not a hundred percent liberal because I was told not to teach the three T's. <laughs> One being Taiwan. <laughs> and I, you, so do you audience want to guess the other two? I'd like to take a quick break to thank the street photography magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $3.75 per month with a one-year subscription, per month with a one-year subscription. And you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. 
And now back to the show. Hmm. Can, I tell, can I tell you? Yes, please. Okay, Taiwan, Tibet, and Tiananmen. Oh. So <laughs> I didn't know I wasn't supposed to teach it. They didn't tell me that. So I talked about, so every new class with the undergraduates, I asked them, how many states are there in the United States? You know, just culturally speaking, I wanted them. Yeah. I was curious. And some said 48, some said 49, some said 50, 51, 52. That was the average. I mean, how many provinces are there in China? It's like that 50, kind of question. Yeah, those are like 52, 58, something like that. <laughs> 50 something. Uh, well, th those are, those are okay. Well, let's let that go. You tell me. Okay, no, I want to know now. I, I... <laughs> I'm not going to put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I put myself on the spot. Okay, keep going. So keep going. So uh, the students that said 51, I was curious. I said, why 51? Oh, I remember Taiwan now is a is a part of the United States. <laughs> yeah. So that got me in hot water because the students complained <laughs> to the to the my boss. My boss told me uh, there are three T's you can't talk about: Taiwan, Tibet, and Tiananmen. <laughs> so the next class, which was one the, the following week, uh, you know, my rebel told me that like this: Dear students, there's three things I can't talk about: <laughs> Tibet, Taiwan, and Tiananmen. And guess what? They told my boss again that I talked about it. You're like George Carlin. That's what exactly. Although the words he, you can't use on television, right? <laughs> which was a while ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they they fired me from that class. Oops. So the next class, the next week, I I, I where are all the students? It's ten o'clock. It's ten fifteen. It's ten thirty. Hey. I call my boss. There's no students. Oh, we forgot to tell you. You've been dismissed from that class. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was uh, that was an early experience, and I didn't talk about it anymore. So that's early experience in uh, teaching. But, Bob, I got bored again. Now, remember, every day I'm taking photos of everything. And um, I remember one photo, which actually I can't find. I'm walking down the street in uh, in uh, South Beijing, uh, which is somewhat uh, more conservative than the city, which is North Beijing. I think it's called Fengtai District. And you know, remember Beijing is now 20, 21 million people. Huge, and, yeah. It's a huge, huge city. And um, at that time, now this is around the middle 2000s. Most, most cars were not cars or bicycles. Anyway, I'm walking down the street. Now, this probably happened to other foreigners. It's just not my experience. And I, it was in the summer, so I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt. And this Chinese guy comes walking up to me and pinches my forearm, you know, very quickly and unbeknownst to me. He caught me off guard, pinches my forearm. I turned around. What the F are you doing? And he just looked at me and laughed and walked away. I asked my colleagues, some friends, oh, we have too much hair. Foreigners. <laughs> we we have too much hair on our arm, on our legs. And he, you know, was surprised to see it. And that's why he did it. He didn't mean any harm. Yeah. It's a cultural difference. Yeah, yeah. It's different. It's different. Especially in the early, or in the middle 2000s, there weren't, I mean, more foreigners were coming. Beijing was opening up. Mm -hmm. You had a liberal, so-called, in quotes, in air quotes, a liberal society. Mm -hmm. and But all this time, uh, Bob, I'm taking pictures all this time. I'm, every day, I would say every day, I would take pictures of almost everything. I mean, I've got over 10,000 pictures that 
I use just on the gallery itself. But I've got probably 5,000, I've got like three or four hard drives of photos that I don't even remember what's on it. I don't uh, have, the, I didn't have the time to, to do, to set up the gallery. Uh, anyway, that, so that's my experience. I left in just before COVID in China. I left because I was forced to retire. Mm. Um, so you can, you and your audience can guess my age if you want, if you want to. <laughs> and, uh, but I'll tell you overall, I had a wonderful, wonderful experience right now. I wouldn't go back if, if I can say that, or you can edit it out. No, that's so, fine. Yeah. That's my personal opinion, by the way. Yeah. I was there in the mid two thousands and I wondered if it's much different now that, uh, they seem to be going back to a dictatorship. I'll say that. You can say that. I don't. I, I don't, don't care. Talk negative about it. No, I mean, no, David. It's you know yeah. different, but it's a uh, it's a little scary. I guess be scary to live there, especially if you say those three T's. Oh my God. Well, you you can say it in private. Yeah, of course. You just can't say it publicly. And I do have friends there now. Uh, WeChat with WeChat. I'm mm -hmm. sure you know you. Sure. Yeah. I, I have friends there and I'm still in touch with the school and I don't want to uh, denigrate any particular people or get them in trouble. And certainly my school uh, that gave me, uh, they were very creative, but uh, they gave me courses I could teach that weren't on the menu there. Mm. I wrote a book called Beyond Science. Uh, which teaches how, which is a book which is teaching how to make conclusions about news, uh, mm. which is what Trump prompted me to. Trump prompted me to write, not directly but indirectly, because he's such a. Okay, so you can you can guess what I mean. I can. <laughs> so uh, now that I've been in Maine, I just wanted to continue my podcast and I did about five or six podcasts, but then I quit. Mm -hmm. uh, those podcasts were very, very short, only a few minutes. And uh, I haven't. Oh, so I, I wanted to do my art and continue with my art, but I didn't do any photos. I haven't taken many photos in two years. Mm. However, I love art. I went to the local library here. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful library. It's very modern, and they have all kind of computers. It's Presque Isle, Maine, which is just a few uh, minutes from Canada in northern Maine. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we just got up another foot of snow yesterday and today. It's horrendous. That's what it does here. It snows a couple inches every day. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Been so, there. <laughs> you've been there? Well, I've been there. You know, I used to live in Cleveland and then... You get into periods in the wintertime where it does. It snows every day and it just piles up, piles up. And... Piles up. That's the relevant yeah. word. Yeah. So it's, 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 for me, it's nice to be in a place that doesn't get a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. I like it here. Oh, baby. I like Cleveland, too. It's a great oh, town. But Cleveland, Ohio. Virginia, yeah. Virginia. Virginia's beautiful place. West Virginia. I love West Virginia. Oh, I grew up across the river from it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I do. I, I like West Virginia a lot. Great people, beautiful place. Well, Presque Isle, I think, has a population of 8,000. Yeah. It's a big city here. So uh, I met this wonderful curator, I guess that's what you can call him, in an art gallery here at the local library. And there was at that time. This was uh, a few months ago. At that time, there was a there was a uh, a painting show uh, on local paint uh, local scene here. And I asked this guy. He's probably around seventy, although he won't tell me his age. He's between seventy and eighty. Let's put it Big that spread. Way. I, I, I don't want <laughs> I don't want to guess wrong. But he's a wonderful man. 
I really like this guy a lot. He's an artist himself. And I asked him directly, point blank, how do I, can I get my photos in here? And he said, show me. And I went immediately. <laughs> it's only a mile from my home. Yeah. I immediately went back. Uh, I showed him one or two photos that I had already framed, but they're in my wall in my house. By the way, it's just a cabin. And um, uh, I brought them right over within like 15 minutes. He looked at him. He's, he said, great. I said, can I have a show here? He said, yeah, if you show me good stuff like this. And yeah. I said, I shook his hand. I talked to him about 10 minutes. I didn't know if he was kidding or not. And uh, I asked him for his name because I wanted to look him up, see if I could trust him. I mean, I don't know who this guy. He could have walked in off the street for all yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. He had a beard. He looked like an artist. He wore a beret. He was dressed <laughs> in black. You know, there those, you go. He checks all the boxes. Exactly. And he was in the gallery. I mean, I don't know if he just walked in 10 minutes before <laughs> me or not. So I looked him up on the Internet and yeah, he's on the Internet. He's on Facebook. So I I looked at my I looked at my um, portfolio. I said, I'm going to do this on China. I want people to know about the China that I knew mm -hmm. now. Can I continue? Here, well, yeah. Okay. Here's here's where I started making my mistakes, and I I just wrote some of them down. I'll, you can ask me anything about them because. Oops, sorry. Uh, what did I just do? I don't know. You're fine. Okay. So I have some notes here, and uh, the first mistake is, uh, do I want? Do I want a gallery or why don't I just put them online? Huh. And uh, I thought, I don't want them online because anyone can go online. Even a crappy photo can look good online. I mean, unless you had a computer that was like five feet wide and 10 feet tall, you don't know really know what a photo looks like you online. Don't. I mean, mm -hmm. I do have a website, but yeah, to me, it's just a so-so website. It doesn't really... I mean, it was banned in China, so I guess the Chinese thought it was good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the government was good enough to be banned. So that's a point of pride, like banned in Boston, huh? <laughs> I, I really don't know why it was banned, but anyway. Um, so the first question I asked myself: Do I want to go to a gallery? And I said to myself, Yeah, I don't care where. I would have gone in a. I would have put my photos in a in a in a bathroom stall. Just mm -hmm. to get someone to look sure. at. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Bathroom stall, a uh, bathroom stall, maybe you can have five photos. But this gallery was very modern and had lights, beautiful lights. It looked like a New York City gallery, but it was big. I mean, maybe not as big as the Metropolitan uh, of our MO, yeah. MOA, right? Yeah. Not that big, but it was big enough. And I, I put, Eventually, I put 80 photos in there. That's a lot. It's a lot. And That's some of these photos were like 20, 20, uh, 24 by 34 or 38 inches. Wow. I did, I did one canvas of a dragon. I mean, I can show your audience later uh, if, if this is a video. But I, I did a, a dragon photo on... on um, on canvas, which cost me a lot of money, by the way. Oh yeah. Which, uh, uh, anyway, that's another pitfall of mine. I spent around four grand, five grand doing yeah. this, which I didn't know was going to cost me this much. I, I, I'm, I'm going off the topic. I'm going back and forth, but just follow this along. In 2017, there's a video of this guy, artist, uh, photographer, and he's pretty good. I forget his name, but he's on YouTube. And I researched a lot of gallery photos, how to hang them, how to display them, and so on. Mm -hmm. However, this particular artist, pho photographer, uh, I call him a street photographer, according to the uh, literal def definition, uh, New York City, uh, he, he said on his video, you can do a metal print. It's the trend, and it's cheap. 
Uh-huh. I didn't know what a metal print was. I didn't know it from a hole in the ground. So I looked up metal print, and I had a, um, I had a, uh, uh, what do you call, it? Uh, uh, a place that did my printing. Yeah. In California, um, I, I should have, I should have prepared for this, but they were very nice to me. Uh, they did, they. You know, they had uh, all the information, what is a metal print and so on, different kind of photography papers and so on. I did a metal print, but you know what it cost me? Over like $150. Not including, Bob, Shipping. not including delivery. Exactly. Yeah. That was another mistake Frames. I made. Yeah. I mean, I, they told me what it was, but I didn't know what it was going to look like. So I did one. And it was like $175 total for one metal print. That was my first mistake about money. So getting back to the gallery, do you want to display your stuff, your stuff and, and have people come in and look at it, which is, which is what I wanted? Uh, well, then you got to talk to the owner of the gallery, not just the curator. That was another mistake I made. The curator of the gallery was this nice, uh, artist who be, we became friends. However, he's a little abstract about information. <laughs> as a lot of you know, artists are. Well, I hope I'm not offending any artists here, but he's a curator himself. He focuses on, you know, he controls what goes in the gallery, what doesn't. And, um, but he's not the owner of the library. So this is another problem I had. The, so when I put up 80 photos, it was the question is, is that overwhelming to the audience? A lot of people said it was. I thought myself, and I asked the curator, do you want an overwhelming uh, exhibit or underwhelming exhibit? The average uh, number of photos is around 30. Yeah. Right. Sounds about right. Right. But to me, I saw 30 paintings. To me, it's a little boring, especially when a lot of the paintings are quite similar. I'm not taking away anything from the artist. You can see differences in the in the in the in the content if you look closely. But it wasn't to my liking. I wanted to show the culture. And in order to do that, I have to have an eclectic uh, showing. Mm-hmm. So I put up 80, sometimes two or even three pictures on the wall, horizontal, vertical, like that, not just straight around the straight around the walls. So, but I also had tables, big tables with stuff on it, like fortune cookies. I made, <laughs> cool. yeah, yeah, I had a whole bowl of fortune cookies, like a hundred of them for free for the audience, for the guests. And I had uh, T-shirts that I made with my um, uh, with some of my pictures on the T-shirt for sale, twenty dollars at a local um, a local uh, what do you call it publisher, not publisher but um, designer store, yeah. But guess what? No one bought any T-shirts, Ooh. so <laughs> I I started giving them away. One reason I didn't sell them because the owner of the gal oh, oh and I had a um a kids table. I bought a light box. I'm sure many of your audience guests know what a light box is, right? Okay. Uh, I can't speak for them, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So I had a kids table set up with a light box and I had Chinese uh calligraphy writing. And I bought tracing paper. All of that was almost a hundred dollars. Yeah, that was another mistake because the owner told me take it off the table, <laughs> take the T-shirts off the table, yeah. take the um, uh, photo uh, fortune cookies off the table. Uh, I had I I did my own personal exhibit books uh, of about two hundred. I have two books. One is a hundred pages the other was 150 pages for sale she told me take it off the table i had um 
I had, uh, what do you call, uh, videos. I had dozen videos to show the audience of my stay in China. Take it off the table. <laughs> wow. That's another mistake. Uh, my point here is if there's an owner, not just a curator, ask the owner about the gallery itself. Is there other, other functions of the gallery? And yes, there were. Nobody told me. They have meetings in there. They have a Latin class. They have uh -huh. a city hall class. You know, business meeting. I didn't know. And I walked in one day to see my own exhibit. And there were like 12, 15 people in the middle sitting in tables. And I said, oh, what's this? And they said to me, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then the girl said, well, this is our meeting. You, you can't come in. And by the way, you have to take everything off the table. And I said, why? I've got another month. My, my exhibit was for two months. I've got oh, another Lord. exhibit. And, they, and she said, and I said, I've got another month. And she, you know what she said to me? Not anymore? <laughs> she, <laughs> she said, your exhibit is only on the wall. Uh, well, that's good. At least you didn't have to take the photos down. No, she, she, well, she wasn't the owner. This was one lady in the exhibit. Oh. She complained okay. to the owner, and then the owner told me, you know, we have meetings in here once or twice a week, and you can't put anything on the table. Wow. I got had to get rid of all of that. And that was another few hundred dollars. Um, and anyway, so anyone that has a gallery has to check with the curator, if, if there is one, or the owner. Well, there's got to be an owner somewhere. Sure, Maybe of the gallery itself or the, uh, the library, if it's in a library or private ownership or whatever. I know some artists uh, hire people to do this for them. So like a manager. So that's their responsibility. But I have no manager. Sure. I have to do everything myself. And uh, I learn the hard way. Oh, another thing. Is there a contract? This curator said, no, just put your stuff up for two months. Now, that's pretty unusual, I think. Yeah. I have another gallery opening and they're going to they're going to give me a they're going to give me a um, a one month show, I think. But I'm going to negotiate it. Negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Yeah. yeah. Talk, right. communicate too, and communicate. Ask Find out what's the pros yeah. and the cons of that yeah, space. You... All right, so let's move on to the now. If you do have a gallery, how do people get there? Is there parking? Uh, as I said before, are there meetings? Um, so the foot traffic is important. If it's in a big city, I guess it's easy in public transportation and taxis and so on but I'm way out in the sticks and you have to have a car. But I was lucky because it's a, it's a public library and everyone knows, most everyone knows where the, where the library is and there's parking. So that wasn't a problem. Now the theme itself, I'm a theme person. I love themes. I don't want to put random photos of sure. some China, some of Maine, some of when I was a child some of uh, New York City, some of Boston, some of other places in Asia where I traveled. I don't want to mix China with India or with uh, Cambodia or things like Nepal and so on and so on. Sure. So I'm a theme guy. Keep it simple. But within the simplicity of it, you can show many, many, many different themes. I have photos of... Uh, Avatar area, Zhang Jiajie, which James Cameron did the did the the, the movie. I'm sure your Avatar, the movie, you know that movie. Mm. Yeah, that was shot in China, huh? I didn't was, know that. Yeah, it was shot in Hunan province, where oh. uh, I had a girlfriend at that time. She later ditched me, but <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> but yeah. I went there. I, I, I did tons of photos there. And I put them up in a gallery in, um, in a Presque Isle. 
and uh, I and, and I sold two, only two. Yeah, that was one of them because I I promoted it as where James Cameron Avatar, and someone thought that was cool, and uh, they bought yeah, it. No surprise. Yeah, the only uh, it was it was uh, two hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. So I'm on the low end of the scale. I I can't charge thousand dollars in Prescott. So you've got to know the market, and you can undercharge, but you can't overcharge either. And did the, you? Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You go. No, I just wondered. Did, did you did you print all those photos yourself, or you you had them printed by a lab? Oh yeah, I lab printed them in in oh. California. Oh okay. Yeah, and sometimes I had to do it two or three times. Yeah, I, I made so many mistakes, and but they were very good to me, and they um, they told me the mistakes I made that I didn't even see when I sent it off to them. I was so That's nervous good. to get this gallery open. Yeah, uh, buying uh, frames, and that's another thing. Oh my lord! I learned. I didn't know anything about frames. I mean, yeah. I didn't know one frame from from a cheap store. I, I won't name this store, but a, but to, to a professional framing shop, which charged me three oh. or four times. Oh yeah. Oh my lord! You got to figure part and then delivery of the frame and then. If you have the frame and the picture together, it's it gets. I think I said I spent a total around forty, around around four to five grand. That's a lot. Yeah, it's too much for me, but so, I want to do it. So you've got now you have eighty photos that are all framed. Glass. You, yeah, glass. Do you do you have storage space for them? Well. <laughs> That's another problem. I live in a little cabin here in the Presque Isle, Maine, and I've only got one bedroom and one spare room. And I've got a kitchen and the computer where I'm uh, uh, watching you from, and uh, of course a rest uh, um, a restroom, no, a, a toilet room. Yeah, where, I mean, it has a shower and stuff, uh, and that's it. Um, and I had eighty photos. And they had, and the gallery itself had some storage room, but they had, but that gallery has been there for over ten years, mm -hmm. so they have, they couldn't store too much. Yeah, but so my my time at that gallery in Presque Isle ended. I moved on by coincidence, by luck. The gallery in Fort Fairfield, Maine, which is around ten miles north of here, also coincidentally in a library has a small gallery and they haven't used it for over a year, but it's too small for 80. So I spent two or three days culling, uh, that's a hunting term. Yeah, <laughs> we I have lots to, of deer, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> right, so I had to kill um, uh, about 40 photos. They didn't, I didn't have room for it, but now they have the storage room. So that's where the storage of those photos oh, is nice. up. And I have 40 photos in my spare room here in Presque Isle. What, uh, what size did you print them? Every size, the smallest. Yeah. Oh, I had one frame which had uh, 25 by seven photos. One frame, that was 36 by... Um, I don't know what's what's the next size up. Thirty six mm. by forty two or forty eight. Yeah. Something like that. I, but I put twenty, twenty, twenty five, five by seven postcards on that one uh yeah. photo because I thought I can't put any more photos in the gallery. It's too I've got yeah. already got eighty. But I show different photos in the postcard, like a professional postcard. Like you mm -hmm. get from your aunt Susie, yeah. and she's in Hawaii enjoying the the weather. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, uh, what what was your question? Uh, I, I asked you how how large the photos are. But, oh right, yeah. uh, the smallest was five by seven. I had a few eight by tens, and the largest, except for the canvas dragon, uh, the average was um, 
okay, the 32 by 36 was probably around 10 to 15 of those. And then the next smaller size, it was everything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some, squ- oh, I know, 20 by 20s square photos. Um, but some of those were easy to frame um, because uh, you can just look up on the internet 20 by 20 photo and you get different prices. Now that I was more familiar with prices, I was more selective. But at the beginning, I didn't know what a 20. I mean, I can tell in my computer. Mm-hmm. I have my computer calibrated, uh, which is another issue. Uh-huh. The picture in your normal computer looks one <laughs> color, and the, and the picture in your other monitor, it looks a different color. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I, I didn't know this. Well, what, what the hell did I know? Oh, can I say hell? You can say hell. You can say, okay. damn. Ah, you can say fuck if you want. I don't care. No, no. I, 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 <laughs> I think that's the first time I ever said that word on here. But <laughs> I can't check the clean box now when we publish it. But that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. So the color photo. So when I got it back from the, when I got the print back from the lab, I compared it to the photo in my yeah. computer, and I hated it. Absolutely yep. hated it. And I went back to my, my lab and I said, what, what is this? This color is off. And they, um, and I said before they were very nice to me and they started explaining to me the intricacies of oh, yeah. uh, the differences. And I got a lesson, a free lesson. Yeah. And then they told me, Lewis, or no, they might've said, Mr. Sandler, get a monitor and calibrate it. Yeah. And I said, calibrate? What does that mean? And I did. I went to a computer store. I got a monitor. I learned how to calibrate it. And then when I got to the when I got to the lab and it came back, and sure enough, the colors were pretty much 99% what I was looking for. Yeah, that's tricky stuff. It is. There's a lot to it. it there's a lot of, to calibration. You've got to really... I mean, there's a lot of stuff online to learn all this stuff. Yeah, so too I, much. That's what, and that's what I had to do if I wanted to show it. So I'm pretty open guy, but when I show stuff, I only show the best. Yeah, we have to. Exactly, but online, people aren't going to really notice it. No, especially in a in a regular, especially on a phone. That's why I don't show anything on a phone. Not, not mm-hmm. I'm not taking away iPhone. Yeah. They're very, some of them very good, but it's just not my thing. So um, let's see. One more thing. I don't know how much time we have. I'm not taking We've got about six more minutes. Oh, Lord. Okay, let me go through this quickly. How do you hang your photos in a gallery? This was a, because I've seen other photos, and they hang them in most of them, unless you're, again, in New York City or Chicago or L.A., they can do whatever they want, pretty much. But the normal way, at least around here in small galleries, is to show photos um, in a line, you know, horizontal. Unless it's, I mean, even if it's a vertical photo, they'll show show them horizontal. Uh, and to me personally, and this is my personal opinion, it becomes very boring. You just go from one photo to the next to the mm-hmm. next to the next, and it. And especially if there's no particular theme, I get bored within three photo. Uh, I mean, three photos or paintings, either way. Especially around here, the themes there are they are themes, but they're local. They're homes. They're landscapes. Um, there's not much street stuff because there's not <laughs> there's not much happening. Mm-hmm. Although I am doing a project here, and I, I don't know if I can actually say the project or not. Sure, if you want to. Think someone will steal my idea? Maybe. But (laughs) they can't do it like you, that's the thing. Well, (laughs) no two artists can. But let let me just finish this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, How to hang the photos, excuse me, how to hang the photos becomes um, becomes a thing because there's so many different ways. And you can look them up on the internet. 
but um, I still get bored with on the internet. There's a lot of YouTube videos. There's not a lot of creativity. It mostly comes down to, should I use a nail? Should I use wires? Should I use glue? Should I use duct tape? And so on and so on. Yeah. You you and the curator or the owner have to decide that. Um, otherwise, it's going to be an issue. Uh, how do you promote your exhibit? Oh, Bob, I spent at least four five hundred dollars in newspapers, which was a waste, a waste of money. No one reads newspapers anymore, in my opinion. They go to the phone and they look, or the computer, and they look up stuff sure. on the internet, and yeah. they get free. I spent a lot of money in newspapers and local promotions around here. I went to coffee shops. I did, um, what, what, what do you call it, uh, flyers, uh, a lot of flyer stuff. I even ran, I did a, about 100, 150 flyers. I ran, I ran out of them. I had to do them more because I gave them to everyone. I went to my local gas station. I gave out flowers, <laughs> uh, flyers. Yeah. Flyers. You're a busy guy. Well, I had to. No, I don't have a manager. Yeah. The curator uh, helped me a little bit with the people that had been to other shows in his gallery. Um, but I don't think anyone came. So uh, I had to do the oh, opening night. Opening night was a, um, I had to promote that like crazy. And I talked to everyone. I, Sent out those flyers. I gave flowers to my, I gave flower, uh, fly, flyers to my mailman, to the UPS delivery guy, and then my Smart, UPS, yeah. yeah, my UPS delivery guy. We became friends because he's a car nut, and I'm a <laughs> former car nut. And it turns out he told me to go on Facebook, which I I did as a kid, but I wasn't on Facebook before for thirty years, forty years, and um. I went on Facebook, and I and I got a lot of responses. I I, I put yeah. all my pictures on Facebook, and people said they love it, they like it. But you know what, Bob? It's too easy to click like. All you got to do is click like, and and then that's it. They don't actually go to the. Oh camera. yeah. They, oh, I know. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people know, but I didn't know. And, um, but I, in that opening night, November 4th, 2022, um, I thought there were going to be like 100 people, 150 people, like in New York City, you see all these people yeah. drinking wine and they're dressed elegantly, like from a movie. Mm -hmm. It's only a movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think I got total. Um, oh, one thing I, I did is I wrote an exhibit book. You know, I had all my exhibits in a, in a book with a binder. Um, and I made up uh, two pages of uh, something like, what is art? Yeah. Why is art fashionable? Or, 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 or what is the function of art as an introduction? And I had a picture of a dragon on the front. And um, and I had every 80 exhibit uh, no, no, noted, I mean, uh, explained. And I explained in about four or five sentences what each photo was. So I had one of those. And you know what? People came in and they were, they said, wow, look at yeah. all these photos. But guess what? They didn't take the book. I had to tell them, uh, hello, ma'am, nice to meet you. If you take this book, it'll explain what every photo is. Because yeah. I, I can't, I didn't have time to tell every person personally. Sure. So they took the book, they looked at it for about 10 seconds. <laughs> and then they, I heard them talking, wow, what is this? Wow, what is that? I overheard them and I said, okay, that's number 57. Look up 57 in the book. Yeah. I'll explain it. And guess what, Bob? I sold two photos. Yeah. Did you, and, did you expect to sell a lot? No. Oh. In fact, the curator asked me at the very beginning when I met him, are you doing this for art or are you doing this to sell? 
And I didn't expect that question. I said, why can't I do both? It's true. true. If I was rich, I'd just do it for art. I wanted to explain the culture. That was my initial uh, mm -hmm. motivation of China, because no one around here has been to China more than, you know, maybe a week or whatever, or if that. So I wanted to, I mean, I really, really, really love the China that I know, knew or know or knew at that time. However, it's not the China I know now, and that's much radically different. So, yeah, I sold two. And one of those pictures was the one at um, in Zhangjiejie, Hunan province, of the Avatar, uh -huh. uh, part of that movie. One of the people bought that photo. It was like 20, uh, 16 by 20, something like that. It wasn't a huge photo, but it was sold the first day. And I asked him, why did why do you like this picture? Because I, I knew who it was. Why do you like this picture? And he said, oh, it's famous. <laughs> so I, I, I promoted it that way. <laughs> I've heard that a similar story. I've heard similar stories to that from people who have done a whole lot more galleries than gallery showings than um, any of us have. Of course, so, I've done zero. So it, you've done you've done two more than me. Well, but, if I if you if you have any uh, of your friends that are on your show uh, doing, I mean that's. If they can promote it and make it famous somehow, yeah, somewhere, then do it. Don't be shy to do it. Exactly, it wasn't. But I didn't expect anyone to buy it. I mean, I did it because what I said was true, and you can see the stone pillars. But it, I only stayed there a few days, and and you could stay there a month and not do it all in that one place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so popular with tourists. It's been. What a learning experience you've had, and and I appreciate you sharing it with with our listeners because I'm sure you're you're going to save a lot of people a lot of time and aggravation just just by sharing your experience here. Can you before before we go? Can you tell us where people can can see more of your work and learn 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 more about you? Well. Uh... In America, I mean, in the United States, actually in Western countries, you can, the, uh, my BeijingVideoStudio.com mm -hmm. is still online, as far as I know. I haven't actually checked it lately. I'm just, I'm looking at it now, so it's there. Okay. So, but that's how old, um, I did that many years ago, over a decade, but I haven't taken it down. So every year I have to. I have to uh, pay, you know, GoDaddy and SmugMug. GoDaddy yeah, and SmugMug or just well, SmugMug? Yeah. No, well, it's SmugMug through GoDaddy. They have some kind of contractual wow. thing. It's not much. One. Yeah, yeah the, the, the domain is only $15 a year. But oh, have, uh, you're paying. Yeah, you're paying uh, GoDaddy. Yeah, that's the, the domain. domain. But then yeah. I have to pay SmugMug. Uh, I forgot what it is. I haven't paid them yet. It's, uh, it depends on the depends on the plan. About a hundred dollars a year or something like that. Yeah. So that's one place. That's BeijingStudio.com. And if you can figure out why you think it's banned, let me know. Uh, <laughs> people in China need a VPN because uh, I still ask my friends there, and they tell me that. Yeah. Um. And the other one is um. Uh, pin, pin, uh, called Pinterest. Pinterest, yeah, Pinterest. Yeah, I've got your oh, Pinterest yeah. link. Pinterest.com. And to get it, I think you have to uh, put my name, Lewis Sandler, or or you can put the title called Only Beijing. Okay. If you put that, because I have one called Only Manila. Uh, the capital of China. Uh, sorry, the capital of uh, Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a different thing. And then uh, there's something else. Oh, Facebook. Yeah, if you go to Facebook and look up my name, uh, facebook.com China Lewis. Or, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Or 
facebook.com Lewis Sandler. I think you get some photos of my gallery. Okay. Only, only the gallery. Yeah. Okay. We'll include all those in the uh, show notes so people can link to them from the, uh, from the article. Well, very good. Well, thanks, Lewis. It was uh, very interesting. Okay. And uh, I learned a lot. So, well, Bob, and I'm sure everybody else will too. It brought back good memories of my time in China and all the. So I've got this other gallery probably in March, and I hope, and I don't think I'll make the same mistakes twice. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Mm-hmm.